Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and it helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. All right, gentlemen, you're listening to the Gird Up Broadcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach. This episode is coming out on October 1st of 2022. With me, I've got... Gustav Werns. And... Carson A. Strike. Carson, we haven't had you on the podcast before, have we? I don't think we have. Nope, this is so, number one. All yeah. right, go ahead. you got 30 seconds to tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What you up to? Um, my name's Carson A. Strike. I'm a student here at MLC, uh, studying to be a pastor on the pastor track. Um, I'm also involved in a couple sports. I play football and track here. And, yeah, I come from Nebraska. I was born and raised in Nebraska on a farm. Um, so small-town life is what I like. So New Ulm fits me perfectly. There you go. Now, you had some pretty serious like uh, football opportunities coming out of high school, right? <laughs> Why MLC? Um, well, I knew about these opportunities, and they were drawing me their way, obviously. And um, But I knew in my heart, and I knew uh, my purpose in my life and my future and what God wanted me to do and um, – then I heard of MLC, and I know this is the only place I can go to go train to be a pastor. So, um, And I also can get football on top of that. So if I can do both, then I'll, I couldn't get much better than that, football and train to be a pastor. There so go, here man. I am. That's awesome. Love it. Glad to have you here. And uh, I also appreciate your enthusiasm, man. When you're doing like, class presentations and stuff, it's clear <laughs> that you're just into it. Like you're, you're here to be a pastor, and I love it. Of course. It. Yep. Love it. All right. Shout-outs and thank yous today. My shout-out's going to go... <laughs> My shout-out's going to uh, Mousetraps because uh, <laughs> nice. my kitchen has been an absolute war zone over the last, like, four days. <laughs> Just blood everywhere. Dude, I have I don't have normal mice. I've got, like, Narnia mice. They got swords, and they, like, they're raiding the cabinets give you and fight. everything. They're, they're doing their thing, man. Reaper cheap. What's that? Reaper Cheap's up in there. Yeah, dude. I'm trying not to kill him, just all his homies. <laughs> but, yeah, they're just everywhere at the moment. I don't know. Carson, you made a good point when we were talking about it before we turned the microphones on. It's probably just that the weather's changing, but it feels like I didn't have any. I caught, like, there was one mouse over the summer, and now in the last five days, it just, like, I thought I got them all, and then there was one running around this morning again, so I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> But oh, without yeah. my mouse traps, I don't know. I don't know where I'd be. I've, I had to switch over to the sticky traps, yeah. Which don't it, like. Oh. That, I mean, then you got to kill the mice yourself. Yep. But yeah. at least you get them, then you know, because they've been cleaning all the peanut butter off my traps. 
So, yeah. That's Gustav, gross. what you got? Uh, shout out to... <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, the uh, MLC print shop. I don't know how they do it, but I send in an order for them to print up for my uh, film critic club, and they get it done in like 10 minutes. Wow. Like, yesterday... I sent it in at 4, like 4.15 or something like that. I'm pretty sure everybody's supposed to be off work at 4. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but... Pulling yeah, overtime they, just Like, I got this. an email virtually, like, it was almost instantly. And they were like, hey, your stuff's done. Come and grab it. And I was like, all right, sweet. So, yeah, MLC Print Shop. Awesome. Go Carson, what you got? Uh, my shout-out, I would say um, my professor's. It just seemed like I got, I had all my tests and uh, projects and everything due in like the span of like one week. So yeah, that was interesting. Was um, but it, it went well. It's done with. And now I feel like a lot less, like less stress, mm-hmm. which is really nice. There you but, go. I feel like I'm right on top of things for the first time in a while. Like, not that I was way behind on anything, but like yeah. right now I'm just kind of on top of things. And that's a good feeling. You feel like you get behind during the sports season, or are you able to keep up pretty well? Yeah, I would say I mean, sometimes people say that, but I actually think it keeps me more like in line. Like it keeps me, I have a better schedule. I know exactly when I need to study, rather than if I didn't have a sport going on, I would keep pushing it off and yeah. pushing it off till like late at night. Well, and you so, have a scheduled time to do something that you love too. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what exactly. I mean? So rather get than your head out of the school, yeah. And, but yeah. Yeah, the structure definitely helps. Yep. <laughs> the structure definitely helps. Yeah, cool. All right, my thank you goes to my parents. Um, this is this might surprise them a little. I don't know if they listen or not, but um, okay, I should take that back. I know, I know, my mom listens. So anyway, um, like a year ago or a year and a half ago, they gave me this like over the shoulder massage thing, mm. and at the time I was like, oh, that's cool, and I used it once or twice, and you know, whatever. Like, I was thankful for it. Not that I wasn't thankful for it, but I also didn't really need it. And now in the last couple of weeks, I've I developed some like shoulder tendonitis and some nasty like shoulder like knots in my shoulder and mm. stuff like that, and they they're kind of going all over the right side of my back. And I just that that must it's it's a phenomenal like massage thing. It's I don't know how to describe it, but it's like sitting in a massage chair except you can move it and position it wherever you want to. Mm. And uh, I don't know I might be wearing it out because it like I keep pressing into it pretty hard and it like makes creaky noises and things. But oh. dude, it's been. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know if I'd still be lifting at the moment without it. So I just give it, get on there for like 10, 15 minutes before I go to the weight room and it loosens everything up and I can just go do what I want to do and I'm pretty much pain free now. So thank you to my parents for it. See, I think that's like the perfect gift, you know? One of those gifts where it's like you might not need it at this moment, but when you do need it, you're really going to need it. Mm -hmm. And something like that, I wouldn't buy for myself, you know? So that's, that's the perfect gift right there. Nice. Yeah, my thank you is a, it's another film club related uh, one. Uh, thank you to Professor Thompson for uh, uh, inviting us into his house to watch the movie that we're going to be talking about this week, Jojo Rabbit. Ooh. Great movie. I don't know if any of you, either of you guys have seen I've it. I've seen it, no. No? I oh, heard of it, my though. goodness. Heard of it. That's the one about, like, uh, no, I was thinking. It's no. a satire on Nazi Germany. Oh, okay. I remember yeah. the previews. I was thinking, yeah. about, what's the one where it was like a uh, environmental one, where they like all the rabbits die because of flooding, because of global warming, or I something? Have no idea. That's what I thought you were saying. I was no. like, that one's awesome. No, it's based <laughs> on a, it's JoJo based JoJo on a book. Awesome. Yeah, okay. the kid's name is Johannes, and they call him Jojo because he's scared like a rabbit. But anyway, oh, okay. yeah, it's a great movie directed by Taika Waititi and. Uh, 
Professor Thompson has an amazing uh, film watching area, basement. I don't know what <laughs> it, theater? It, it is. Yeah, it like home theater. theater. Type yeah, thing? there you oh, go. Really? Home theater. Yeah, it is sweet. awesome. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I highly recommend you guys come and do another or do whatever film we watch next at his house because it was oh man, it's yeah. great space. Anyway, Professor yeah, Thompson's a you. faithful listener too. So shout yeah. out to Professor Thompson. Cool. My thank you is um is actually goes out to North Cross Church up in close to the cities. Um, pastor Ben Bloomer is a pastor up there. I actually got the opportunity to be a part of the Next Gen team, which is like a youth um, teen night that we have every other Sunday. So that's been awesome. We had our first one a week ago, and our next one is like this weekend. So very excited about it. A wonderful opportunity to spread the gospel to kids and just like enlighten them and get them excited for um, talking about Jesus and everything like that. So yeah, that's well, my and, thank you. And it's they they do a awesome. phenomenal job with youth youth ministry too. Like they do a um, they do a really good job of bringing kids together and keeping them faithful to yep. to what's going on. So yeah, it's cool to see. We got Sam Eikoff with us now, man. That's no, all good. Throw some headphones on. How you doing, man? Doing good. How are you? Oh, oh, we'll get you on here. Go ahead, talk again. Doing good. How are you? Uh, talk again. Doing good. How are you? Hey, now you're here. What's up, man? How are you? How's your morning going? It's good. Thought we were starting at seven thirty, not seven. <laughs> so <laughs> that's on me. That's all right. You're here Classic. now. You want to give your shout out and your thank you? Um, my thank you goes to you for having me on. There um, you go. I think this is going to be a cool experience. And my shout out is to my church, St. Paul's in Howard's Grove. Just celebrated 160 years of oh, ministry. Wow. So wow. that is incredible. Awesome. Very cool. Wait Congrats. a second. Doesn't Carl Halen go there? Yeah. Ah, so you know crazy Carl. I've got some crazy Carl stories. <laughs> I'd love to hear him sometimes. Yeah, he was up here at MLC mm-hmm. um, back in the day. So cool. Um, give it. Uh, we'll give you a couple seconds here too. To well, now that you're comfortable, that you've been here for 30 seconds, right? <laughs> uh, we'll give you a couple seconds. Tell us who you are, what you're doing, what, what you, what's life like right now for Sam. How deep do you want to go? How where, where do you want to start? How, Just right know. now, or yeah, hmm. go ahead. All right. Well, I'm a senior at MLC. I'm from Sheboygan Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, Not Sheboygan. Sheboygan Falls. It's different. It's cooler. <laughs> Sheboygan. Because it cool falls. That name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> neither of my parents are called workers. Um, I'm getting married this summer, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me currently, yeah. All right. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like there's just a lot of Classic. hair in this room right now. Like between yeah, the three of you, you guys, you can make, lonely Yeah, <laughs> that's like I'm sitting in here with a hockey team or something. You were right. so bald. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get lonely over here with my bald head sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I've been wearing all those hats. I was just trying to cover up my shame. There you go. Hey, man. you got the beard, though. Hey, got yeah. That going for you. Yes, there we go. This is true. This is true. Awesome. Gus, you want to start with the news? Yeah. So there is a lot of noteworthy stuff nowadays. Uh, but uh, Russia, right? So some updates on that uh, situation. Um, so the... Kajiv, Jeev, how do you say that? K-G-A-I-V? Kiev. Kiev. So, Kiev and the West say that the votes, because if you remember last week, we were talking about how Russia was flooding Ukraine with a whole bunch of voters. Um, So, everybody's saying that's a scam, right? And, uh, yeah. So, uh, here's what's going on anyway. Uh, (laughs) So, for Russia, the Nord Stream... 
2 pipeline, which runs from Russia to Germany, experienced two major leaks and is spilling natural gas into the Baltic. <laughs> uh, that, that was a period right there. I, yeah, I was talking <laughs> weird. Um, European leaders suspect sabotage and have opened an investigation on those. Also, the Kremlin made a surprising admission that it was having trouble mobilizing new troops due to protests, including a draft officer being shot in Siberia. Um, and then also, President Putin granted Edward Snowden Russian citizenship. Oh, Snowden had been living or has been living in Moscow since 2013. He faces espionage. espionage oh wow i'm bad at pronouncing words um charges in the u.s for leaking classified information to the media so that's kind of fun um also then in further news canada is finally uh lifting most of its covid travel restrictions so starting october 1st uh that means vaccine and masking requirements will no longer be enforced uh, regardless of whether they've entered the country by plane train automobile or uh, the article says mooseback um <laughs> nice yeah so <laughs> accurate awesome yeah i was talking to my buddy chester who's up in calgary and he was talking about how tough it's it still has been like american churches are kind of back to normal right but the canadian church apparently is still yeah, they've still been really, really struggling. strict about yeah, this. Hard, it's still been hard to get people to come to church. So yeah. So just to kind of continue with that article. Uh, they're joining a wave of countries to to lift lingering COVID restrictions, including many in Asia. After years of stringent stringent requirements, Singapore returned to living like it was one BC before COVID. Um, Hong Kong scraped its famous three-week quarantine, and Japan will lift its 50,000 daily visitor limit on October 11th. There's one notable holdout. China continues its zero-COVID policies. Don't well, know. So they've never don't had know. COVID policies? See, that, it's either or that or that's the title. COVID. Yeah, I honestly, I'm thinking it's <laughs> zero-COVID as in they have, like, they're trying to enforce there to be zero-COVID. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Um, It'd be hard to deny COVID exists at this point. Oh, and then fun yeah. fact. Still uh, people do it. <laughs> there are. There are. <laughs> but then fun Just fact, the U.S. From, uh, experience over there in yeah, Nebraska. I'm gonna, yep. <laughs> so oh, we've Nebraska declined folk. from 50,000 cases a day, and COVID-related deaths are hovering around 400 a day, apparently. So yeah. that's a kind update i don't i don't i wonder it makes me wonder what the what those numbers look like compared to just like regular flu and things like that yeah i mean from the beginning that's kind of what they've been talking about is yeah we've all been wondering once we get the the quote-unquote herd immunity or whatever all those buzzwords were like a year ago you know you mean when we start talking about the flu again or yeah when we pretend that doesn't exist (laughs) well we have pretended it hasn't doesn't (laughs) exist for the last year and a half so or two years yeah. Here's a fun NFL update. Uh, so Ooh. after years of players declining to play or holding back for fear of injury, the NFL announced its end-of-year All-Star game, the Pro Bowl, will be replaced with the Pro Bowl games featuring skilled skills competitions and a flag football game. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? How do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, how do you feel about that, Carson? Um, I mean interesting i never really was a big fan of the all-star game it just seemed like a bunch of dudes just trying to have fun and didn't take it serious Mm -hmm. and 
so really was no point i did actually only watch the game part of it anyways so mm-hmm. i guess not really missing out on too much <laughs> and then the people who are in the super bowl which are a lot of the all-stars never did play in the all-star game itself so well right i think this is but, to encourage those people to show back up on tv okay. after having been on tv well, you no. Know well, I mean? now they moved it. It's before the Super Bowl. It's the week between because there was always there's a two week gap between the last oh uh, gotcha. conference playoff mm-hmm. game and then the Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, you're right. It wasn't good TV, and there's still good college football being played at that point too. Well, yeah. no, there isn't. <laughs> nope, there isn't. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, there's not really anything else going on, no, but it's still no. not good football. Okay. It's not really a watch watchable honestly so yeah the article ends no word yet on whether moms will compete over who brings the best orange slices so <laughs> <laughs> i think uh I love that. that'll be interesting to f- figure out if they do that yeah. uh a couple well, just i think too with football like it's harder to uh i don't know like with basketball or baseball it's like yeah you just get together and kind of play a pickup mm-hmm. game you can't really do right. that with football no, especially there's at the pro level. equipment <laughs> <laughs> even for flag, is. even for flag football, you know, it's well, like you've got to have the whole setup. You have to have a huge amount of space, right? Yeah, I mean, at least a ultimate frisbee field. Well, type. Was a couple of years ago, somebody tore their ACL playing like beach football at at the Pro Bowl. I don't remember who it was. Really? Thinking it was like an older guy. <laughs> no, it was an older guy who had been like a <laughs> legacy all star. You know, I want to say like a Danian Tomlinson or something. Hmm. But like, yeah, somebody that wasn't really a like a, a Pro Bowler anymore, but. Like still had some playing time left and then tore their ACL. So I don't know. Like it's a, it's, I get it. What else? It'll be. I don't know. I guess I haven't watched it in like five years, so I can't complain about it too much. I mean, it was already basically two hand touch at this point. Yeah. Especially yeah. for the quarterbacks, they'd call yeah. anything dead if you got close to them. So mm-hmm. I guess it's just moving farther in that direction. But yeah. Yeah. And then there's just two more that I think would be important to read. So five members of the anti-government Oath Keepers group began trial yesterday related to their involvement in storming the Capitol on January 6th, uh, charged with seditious conspiracy and premeditated use of force. The defendants could face up to 20 years in prison if convicted. It's the highest profile trial so far related to January 6th. And I can get behind that. <clears throat> like I, I'm not down with all these conversations about oh it's the the new 9/11 that's that's ridiculous yeah. yeah that's nonsense but I can definitely get down get down with sending the guys that broke into the Capitol building to prison like yeah what they definitely. did was wrong and uh, the whole situation was awful and ridiculous mm-hmm. um, but I think we're also going a little going a little overboard with some of these investigations like did you see it's like <clears throat> I want to say it was like 400 like high-profile Trump supporters have been raided and things like that. It's like th- there weren't that many people even in the Capitol building really? at the point yeah. at which like the most people, it was like 200 people in the Capitol building right. total. And what were they going to do other than just... Well, they literally went in you know, there and well, like sat around right. and... Right, yeah. Like yeah, they hung out the for clips, a while and left. Trying to make a point, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It was one of the most college-looking prank-type situations I've seen in mm-hmm. my entire life. Yeah. Like it was on a movie almost. Like, yo, what if... <laughs> and yeah. well, the thing is, Trump did not condone it at all whatsoever. But right, well, I mean, I mean, he, and you, can, you, can, I think you can probably make the argument he certainly didn't like quench the fire. That's oh true. yeah, he did not that make is, it better. That's <laughs> right, true. he could have, yeah. he could have made it better, and he didn't. But it's also not his fault. I don't know. Yeah, spreading paranoia about the voting system doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, even regardless of how much of it was true yeah. or not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. I think that's a good point too. 
I don't know. Sam, jump in if you if you have anything to say here too. Are <laughs> you just, just avoiding this right topic now. like no, the plague? No, okay. I'm just listening right yeah. now. Man. Nah, he's ready for the important okay. stuff. Yeah, okay. All right. He'll so this, this last one, Kate. Okay. Uh, so the White House says its student loan forgiveness plan, wiping out either 10k or 20k for qualified borrowers, will cost 240 billion dollars. But the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office says it will be a lot higher, more like 400 billion. Don't worry, it'll dollars. be higher. So uh, we're never going to retire, guys. Yeah, oh, generally we're never going to retire. I was already prepared for that, <laughs> Pastor. I mean, yeah, that's true. Our profession yeah. does not allow for yeah. that. I yeah. feel. Oh my and gosh. then, and clearly, there's some division on it. Republicans say that the plan is unfair and recklessly expensive, and Democrats say it's a needed investment in the middle class. And again, we all, us in the middle class, we all knew what we were getting into with all this debt. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess there's kids out there that don't pay attention to that. I'll be honest. There's a very small part of me that I say I took a bunch of private college loans, mm. and they're all taken care of now. But there's a little bit of me that's like, maybe I should have taken out more federal loans. Yeah. See, whenever <laughs> like this happens, that's what worth. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I was listening to the Babylon Bee podcast. It was actually surprisingly good. Um, <laughs> Like it's not as it's not as whatever as you'd think it would be. But yesterday, who's the the guy that does like starting or t- turning point? He's the he's a black guy. He was like a <sighs> former army major. Um, yeah. You'd recognize yeah, him if you yeah, saw him. But yeah. he was talking. Yeah, he was on talking about it the other day. Or well, I listened to it yesterday. I don't know when the podcast. It came out within the last week. But the Babylon Bee podcast really is phenomenal. And it's funny, but then also like their interviews and things, they do a really good job. Uh, but he was talking about the idea that uh, like. This is a quote-unquote middle-class issue, um, but the whole lower middle class like had either had to take out significantly more than ten thousand dollars worth of loans, or didn't take out loans and went to trade school or something like that instead. And but those are the people who pay like eighty percent of our taxes or something like that, right. or eighty percent of the money that's that's going to end up into the like this whole loan forgiveness. So really, what this is from his perspective, I don't know how completely accurate this is but mm. from his perspective it's essentially like the upper middle class which is what generally comprises like senate and congress mm-hmm. um those are they're like those are the people that are now paying for their own college loan like that kind of a, like nobody's actually yeah. talking to the little guy and saying hey what do you guys really need because the dude down the street who went right. to trade school and he's working on cars it doesn't need ten thousand dollars loan forgiveness it doesn't help him at all no. it only increases his taxes yeah. and yeah I don't know. It's frustrating. I'm also just curious because this is like a one-time thing right now, so mm-hmm. it only helps people who have gone to college already. But the people who are going to college or will go to mm-hmm. college, like, are they going to do it again for them? And it's not. increasing the stress on the universities and colleges themselves, and what that r- means is higher tuition. Right. So you can't have both loan forgiveness and tuition unless exactly. you do something far greater than just cancel ten thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, I think they it's should. also very frustrating for the people who worked so hard and paid off their loans yeah their own on their own and no, now all of a sudden people are just getting it given to them like a lot of things in the world these days mm-hmm. and what is that teaching kids i don't yeah. know i just for sure yeah absolutely yeah. they should just send out some covid checks again that's what they should <laughs> okay I, I'd be okay <laughs> i'll be real that covid check helped a lot when it showed up it helped a lot when it showed up now again not to dwell on this for too long but i just thought of this too is the more like this also kind of gives the government more control over the universities too, yeah. and that then gives them more yeah, control over. And I, I'm not saying that's why they did it, 
but it's another big old red flag for me is even more government controlling universities who are already getting these ideologies mm-hmm. uh, just pushed and pushed and pushed and now you've got even greater influence uh, because now they're beholden to you for even more money so yeah all right we're go. talking about the sixth commandment today am i going in the right order here Close enough. Yeah, we're going in the right order. Talking about the Sixth Commandment today. So, obviously, the Sixth Commandment is you shall not commit adultery. Uh, but looking through Luther's large catechism, um, it's obviously a little bit more than just... Well, actually, it's not really more than don't commit adultery. It's actually one of the shortest... I, I would have expected it to be one of his longest sections. It's actually one of the shortest chief parts um, in the entire large catechism. Um and so I think uh, if you were going to pick out like one sentence from his uh, selection here as the theme, it would probably be uh, from the last page. If you're looking in your large catechism, it's on the last page. He said, "Maintaining marital chastity, husband, uh, sorry, for maintaining marital chastity, husband and wife must above all things live together in love and harmony, each loving the other with the whole heart and with totally committed faithfulness." Um, so it's a positive way of saying, you know, anything other than you know this marriage bed and this uh like th- the two of us together doing life together is inappropriate um and man, he spent a lot of ink talking about the idea that this is not only was it the first institution created by God after the act of creation was done the first thing he did was institute marriage uh, but then it's so valuable to him that he used one of the 10 commandments to protect it like that means it's up there with the Sabbath day, and it's up there with honoring God, and it's up there with protecting property. Mm-hmm. You know, marriage is right there with it, and so we should take it just as seriously as he does. Um, and uh, it's also really interesting to look into the because he talks quite a bit about the like the kind of the German cultural context of his time as well, um, and uh, talking about how in the Jewish community, like when this commandment was given. Um, like uh, prostitution and just he said whorishness was the word he used because <laughs> he's a good ah, bold German yep great word. Um, but they weren't they weren't accepted or welcome in Jewish culture and so anybody who was going to commit adultery had to do so with somebody else's wife right and so you think about that like any act of adultery committed would have been a huge um, issue uh, because like, the best way to hurt a man is to take the thing most valuable to him, right? And that's his wife. On an emotional and spiritual level, it's the most valuable thing to him. And so um, talking about Luther talking about the idea that this was was actually more difficult to remain chaste outside of marriage then because you don't even have the temptations of of the rest of the world um, that the rest of the world has, and you can't even necessarily see the, the ramifications of your behavior unless it just goes... You know, atomic, right? So, um, I was just really fascinating to hear him hear him talk about it. Um, yeah, you were talking to Luther. I was talking to Luther <laughs> through the words of his text. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, so, like I said, Luther threw some good stuff out there. Um, God values marriage and life and married life so much that he includes it in protection of Ten Commandments. Um, and it's not just an honorable thing, but it's necessary. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to say. There we go. It's not just honorable, it's necessary. He straight up said, where nature has implant, as implanted by God has its way, it is not possible to remain chaste except within marriage. So, what do you think, gentlemen? Well, I think we should talk more. Well, I mean, there's some very clear and obvious applications about, mm-hmm. you know, 
uh, being married and how this law applies to that. But Carson, I'm trying to rack my brain and remember what we learned in doctrine about the living together stuff. Um, you mean like before marriage? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what, that's, that's breaking this commandment. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of people, they don't understand our, uh, problem. I think the biggest thing is because God tells us to run away from sin and not like try to make temptation. Yeah. Invite it in, like make temptation stronger than they need to be. And we know that it is a sin to keep, well, to not keep the bed pure and before marriage anyways. And when a husband and wife live, well, when two, a guy and a girl live with each other before they're married, that is just naturally going to Mm -hmm. um, egg on temptations more so than they should be. And, as men, we know that temptation's about that kind of stuff. It already strong enough the way it is. And when you live with each other, how much more stronger is that going to well, be? Well, yeah. And I think then you're just, pl- in a sense, playing with the devil. Well, and even and, if you are one of those couples that somehow is able to magically not <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm concerned temptation. about you if you, if, if you can. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, I'm a little if concerned about manage. the if you If you can live with a woman you're supposedly romantically involved with and there is no temptation to sleep with her... I I have doubts about the relationship. Sure. I, yeah, that's one way to look at it for sure. I, and I'm, I agree with you. But it's also, you got to think too, what does everyone else see? So if you're part of a church body, right, and you're doing that, they all see you. You're you're. <laughs> I think that's the big illusion that people don't understand is that, oh, I get to just hide in my little bubble. And maybe COVID kind of enforced that mindset where it's, I'm on my own, I'm in my house, no one knows what's happening. No one sees me. I'm private, right? Yeah, you're private because like your daily life, nobody really knows about, but you're also very public. Like regardless of who you are, glass houses are everywhere. It doesn't matter what role you play in society. People are going to make assumptions of what you're doing. And would you rather be assumed to be in a sinful situation? Right. You know, like what's that going to do to your reputation? Yeah, as Christians, you really don't need to give people another opportunity to look at us and say, you don't even do what you're saying you're supposed to do because mm-hmm. we're yeah. imperfect people trying to do perfect things, and mm-hmm. we we don't need to, to give people more ammunition to there do There you that. go. Yeah. I think, uh, see, here's the immediate question that comes to my mind, especially having been a middle school teacher, mm-hmm. is the where is the line question, right? Sure. So we're talking about keeping the married, marriage bed pure. We're talking about not committing adultery. I'm going to throw it out to you guys. Where is the line? Well, Sam, I'm particularly interested in your insight, being an engaged man. <laughs> that is uh, a good question, something that I think I've I've discussed with people. And um, I think it's, it's a matter of conscience and God's Word. Mm-hmm. I think trying to live a holy Christian life um, based on what the Bible says and then also just using using your conscience as as your guide through these things because God did give that to you, um, and I think that's kind of kind of where I've tried to to stick with. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just no, turn the light on. Wrapping up my thought there, I think I think that's kind of where where I've tried to stick with in my relationships. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Well, and you got to take okay. into account their conscience too. I think that's a lot true. of people they point. like to think that oh, it's. I, I mean, granted, that's the big problem, or that's generally a big issue in relationships is the inability to actually take into account the other person in the relationship, right? It's easy to kind of just be the, oh, that's my girlfriend, and then that's what it is, or that's my fiance, that's my wife, and then 
that's who they are, you know, and they're just there. To, well, and I think to that point, too, I, I overheard a conversation a couple of days ago between a couple of dudes who were talking, they were, like, kind of making jokes about their integrity um, and, uh, you know, kind of going back and forth about, like, <laughs> yeah, I think my integrity is about as high as yours was, and they were, like, elbowing each other, and one of them made the comment, you know, like, we, we got married anyway, and they were both married guys. We got married anyway, um, and... Like I get that mindset of like we're gonna get we're, we're engaged we're gonna get married anyway so let's just whatever like mm, it does yeah, it's not yeah, that yeah, bad yeah, yeah. we're gonna get married but I think what we need to remember and we really need to keep in sight and as much as this sucks to think about it this way until we stand in front of that church together and put rings on each other's fingers there is still the chance that this won't get carried through mm-hmm. um and not to scare you sam or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like there's there is the chance that this won't get carried through um and so until you've made that commitment and you are married um the you, you need to consider the idea that this may not be your wife and if it isn't your wife it's somebody else's right she doesn't become yeah. your wife the moment you marry her Nope, that came out wrong. She does become your wife the moment you marry her. She doesn't become a wife the moment you marry her. She's always been somebody's wife or was going to be somebody's wife. Okay. Um, and if you're messing around with some girl that you're not married to, then you're messing around with somebody else's wife. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I, said, I, I get it. I understand the mindset. Like, I get it. But at the same time, like, this is something that was designed by God to bind two people together at the soul level for forever, which is a huge blessing and it's wonderful. Um, but then that also causes massive damage when it's something that yeah. isn't treated properly. And going to that point too, um, like people with that mindset when they're engaged, it just simply that's that's not what God said. Yeah, and God doesn't say if you if you're sure you're going to marry someone or if you're engaged, then it's okay. He says, wait till marriage. Yeah, I mean mm-hmm. he's got reasons for that. And yeah. Well, I think to get back on my favorite soapbox, the question is: now that we're now that the Book of Romans exists, and now that <laughs> Jesus has died and risen again, the law no longer has any power over. So the question is not what is a sin and what's not. I think if yeah. we're asking, if we're asking, you know, where's the sin line? We're probably already in dangerous territory. The question we ought to be asking is something more to the effect of what's good for me, right? Because Paul says, right. um, anything is ben- or anything is permissible, not anything is beneficial. And so the question then is, what's going to be good for my heart? What's going to be mm-hmm. good for her heart? What's going to dr- bind us closer to our Heavenly Father? What's going to make this relationship between us better and between our Heavenly Father better? Um, and if there's going to be a cord of three strands, that means Jesus is in everything we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the question of what's going to make for the strongest marriage, for the best relationship, uh, for, yeah, for the closest relationship with the Heavenly Father? That's the question we ought to be asking instead. Um, and that goes real well with what you said then, Sam, of, you know, consider, and, and Gus, considering the other person and their heart, and then also just giving God the respect that he deserves and saying, this is something, this is a gift you've given. I'm going to I'm gonna abide by the guidelines you've given. Me. Yeah, I think to add on that real quick, um, when you're engaged and you're dealing with these temptations, I think God has given you an opportunity to glorify him by keeping the bed pure until mm-hmm. marriage. So by showing your thankfulness for um, giving you the opportunity to get married someday, you can hold off until um, you are married. And mm-hmm. I think that's just a wonderful opportunity just to yeah. glorify God. Well, just and to say no. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you think about too is well, and you could even make the argument that you're saying yes to the future. You know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. Switch it around in your mm-hmm. brain. 
Well, and then something to think about too is even like all sin is equal, right? In the eyes of God. But I think scripture very clearly puts a emphasis when it comes to sexual sin in general, right? So you're not only harming someone else, but you're like harming your own body and mm-hmm. spiritual well and soul at that point and so i think <laughs> i don't i don't know how much we want to go off on it because it, this could be a whole nother podcast but then pornography right what that yeah. does to your heart you know because that's also committing adultery like, yeah no it, it absolutely is yeah yeah uh, and and that goes into the conversation to legalism i think mm-hmm. is like pornography outright wrong don't do it right um masturbation Generally, I mean, you can make a few arguments about how it isn't a sin, but I don't really believe them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time coming up with a legitimate argument to say that it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, not to get too graphic, but <clears throat> God designed our bodies with the ability to just take care of that problem on its own. Exactly. So to make the argument like, oh, this is what I have to do, ah, I'm not down with that. Right. Um, but. Barring those things, um, and then outright just sexual activity, like the 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 rest of it, I think it's also important not to be too legalistic about it. And instead of drawing hard lines, just saying I'm not going to let my conscience be bothered, mm. so I will not do anything that will bother my conscience. And if I'm tied to the Word, if I'm living a life of prayer and meditating on the Word consistently, um, then I will my conscience will be aligned with the Spirit, and uh, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I got the Bible also tells us don't only only say no to temptation but flee from it. Yeah. And I mean, being sexual and moral that is a temptation <laughs> for all men. Yeah. So we need to flee from I that. Just, I love that image. Just turn and run. Just yeah. Run yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, you, you just see a bunch of dudes in the dorm running <laughs> down the hallway, just like, like at the same the time of the day. Like, whoa, guys, what's going on? <laughs> Some dude comes out August 10 and just sprinted. There you go. No! (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Bro, what happened back there? (laughs) You just, like, get back to your dorm room and send her a text. I had to flee. Sorry, I was tempted. (laughs) Yo, it's like she, like, touched his shoulder or something. (laughs) Nope, I'm out. (laughs) See, that's the line. That is the line, Charlie. pops up during chapel, just pops up and out. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, there you go. She held my hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, obscure Bible trivia. That's a good conversation, guys. Thanks for being willing to attack that. Obscure Bible trivia. If you get them right, you win. Respect. Yeah. Pride. Not too pride. much pride, though. You'll still be humble in spirit, but you can be a little proud you got the questions right. right? All right. Number four. After e- not what? number four. This is the first question. First question. After Eve, which is the first woman's name mentioned in the Bible? So after Eve, chronologically, who's the next woman named in the Bible? Uh, You just shot out an answer. Hit it. Yeah, go. Yeah, go ahead. This is probably wrong, but I'm going to go Miriam. Incorrect. Good guess, though. I was thinking that. Is it one one of the children, maybe? Did they list it? Like of all the the list of yeah. people, I feel like is that, it's, can is you it give us a hint? Is it like one of Adam and Eve's children? Like, do they have the list of names and there's one of them? I'm gonna be honest with you, I picked the wrong website because there's no answers on it. Oh, now I got it. All right, <laughs> uh, it's the yeah, it is. So it's Ada, the wife of Lamech. Ada. 
hmm. in Genesis 4. Ada. So I'll give you that one because you guessed the right spot. I don't think any of us would have actually pulled Ada out of thin air. Yeah. but Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, yeah I've never heard anything about Ada. Ada. All right. Now we know. Here's a, okay, here's, a, here's another one. It comes out of a very short book, so if you've read it, you probably know the answer. Okay. According to Jude's epistle, who disputed with Satan over Moses' body? Who disputed with Gabriel. Satan over Moses' body? You're on the right track, but no. Michael. Yeah, the archangel Michael. Bingo. Yeah. All right. I know stuff. <laughs> there's only, what, three options that, or two options? The angel of death was my other guess. Well, Satan. Well, that's Satan. Was, <laughs> Satan's well, not oh, arguing with this. Yeah, there you go. Whatever. Anyway. I mean, well, it's, I, well, okay, I here's a, I don't know the answer to this. So we consider anytime in the Old Testament we see the angel of the Lord, we assume it's Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. When we see the angel of death, do we assume it's Satan? I just thought it was a different angel. I, I didn't no, think it was Satan. From what I was told from my pastor at home is, yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. every okay. time it's talking about because there's no other angel of death if it um, kind of points it out like that in the Bible. All right. Because well, that's otherwise they're known as demons. All right. Uh, we'll roll with that. If it's heresy, yeah. forget we said it. Yeah. All right. All right. That's why I put a disclaimer <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, great. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I, yeah. Okay. I'm down with that. I'm just going to roll I mean, with that. I mean, I can't argue with it. I yeah. I can't think of a better. reason why it wouldn't be true. The only reason I was And it's consistent with the literal, literary context of the Old Testament, too. All right, the last verse of a book in the Bible, okay, so name the book. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's the last verse of what book? Can we uh, narrow it down? Like is New it Testament? Old Testament, New Testament? Old Testament. Okay. okay. Uh, what you got, Sam? You're making mm, no, I'm still thinking. Okay. Um, Leviticus. I think it's one of the prophets. That said My that. guess is Leviticus. Well, prophets is a good guess. Leviticus isn't a bad guess either because Leviticus isn't a narrative. Judges? No. Daniel? No. Okay, what? Uh, yeah, what do you... Jeremiah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, think about it for a second. God shall bring every work into everything you do. God will bring everything into judgment, every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this one's an easy one to finish it off then. What prophet ate a book and found it as sweet as honey? Oh my gosh. Don't want to be wrong. <laughs> he didn't literally eat the book. Well, yeah. He said the book was as sweet as honey in his mouth, but it was bitter in his belly. Elijah. This it's one's mirror, Jeremiah, isn't it? No. Oh, okay. It's Ezekiel, and it's mirrored oh, yeah. in Revelation oh, 10. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was easy. Okay, here's a real here's a real easy one. What did Paul recommend as a substitute for wine? <clears throat> Instead of getting high on wine, you should get high on the spirit. Yeah, there we go. I don't know if high is the right word, but we'll roll with it. Get drunk on the spirit. (laughs) Get drunk on the spirit. There we go. All right. Top three. This week's top three. Top three things you could probably do in church, but you probably shouldn't. Top three things you could get away with in church, but you probably shouldn't. What you got? 
I know we all kind of went different directions with this, so I'm excited to hear the answers. Sam, you said you went more with like white church, right? Yeah, I mean, I just thought about my church and stuff that you could do, but people might give you kind of the side eye if okay. you did it. Yeah. So, I mean, and none of these are bad things. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just thought of like clapping in random places. I always, I don't know, I always feel awkward when, when, I, yeah, when I clap in church. Mm-hmm. Again, none of these things are bad. I just, right. I would feel uncomfortable doing them. Um, laughing is always an interesting thing. I'm like, I never know if like it's in sermons. Yeah, if like. How how much are you allowed? Like if you're mm. just absolutely dying in a few and you just can't get it together, like like yeah, the, your pastor may be funny, but then like come on, like you gotta, you gotta well, be there comes attention. a point where you're missing out on the word. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some I haven't met one yet, but I'd love to. Yeah. Wait, you then, haven't met a funny pastor? Is that what not said? not one oh, that makes one me that just uncontrollable. Oh, like roll on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> well, and honestly, if he's doing that, if he's doing like straight up stand up in yeah. front of the church, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So maybe that's a good thing that I haven't met that. Yeah. And the other one is just like. I guess standing up at any at any point in time, like moving around during like the sermon and stuff. Mm. I don't know. Again, nothing wrong with any of these things. Just stuff that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing at my church. And yeah, mm-hmm. huh. well, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I guess softball. Um, answering the phone. Oh, good. I didn't even think of that. During yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. See, you probably, probably get away with it. You probably could pick it up, walk out. You know, like not stay in the pew and answer it. Like that's clearly that's clearly not okay. Staying in the pew and answering it, but I mean, you could, yeah, just having your ringer on. Maybe you're a business person. Got to you have to. I don't know. Yeah, I can imagine a situation where it's like you could do that. You can't just answer fifty minutes. I feel like that's not at all. Like that would have to be a very special. Like even if you're like an international man of business, you can't wait well, forty five okay. minutes and answer that Make phone it more call. You know? than like farmers or something. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is it would have to be like an emergency call. Yeah. And yeah. then walk. But out. see, here's the thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then walk. For out. sure. Walk out. Yeah. 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 Um. You would have to be, yeah, you're right. It would have to be like the barn's on fire. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Like an actual emergency. <laughs> right. Yeah. You did, yeah. But right. um, um, that's that's one of mine. Right. For me, um, from what we see at church, there's this one guy. I think <laughs> it's wrong, and a lot of everybody does, but I, it's uh, you could do it, obviously. But he wears his game, his favorite NFL team's game day jersey to church. Wow. Like, I understand that God doesn't necessarily care how you come to him or what it is, but, like, you want to give him your best. And I don't know if an NFL jersey is really a way to do that. So I don't. My my mom mom talks about it Football and says, tells me never to wear a jersey. <laughs> Rats on me for that. I so. also feel weird even if it's like like specific shirts or ties. Like sometimes sometimes if it's like an aggressive Packers tie, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> one of my cousins uh, tells a story about when he was in middle school like they were singing for church on Sunday and there's like 20 middle school kids sitting in the front couple of rows and there's a guy who like he apparently didn't go to church very often but everybody kind of like recognized him and he was a real character and he went up for communion and as he turns around after communion he's got a red t-shirt on just this giant yellow letters that said big sexy <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> wow. You're like, well, I probably wouldn't turn him away at the table, but I might say, like, after church, walk over and be like, hey, bro, maybe pick a different t shirt next time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like that goes in with, like, t shirts and stuff, too. Like, personally, I don't really wear a t shirt. 
like in my daily life, unless I'm going to the gym or coming back or like mm-hmm. I'm done for the day or whatever. Uh, I like to wear a college shirt anyway, just mm-hmm. in life, because that's what adults do, right? Um, no offense if you don't, I guess, but whatever. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> well, you're a college kid; it's all good. Um, and th- but but like I say, church. You don't. I'm not saying you have to wear a suit or a shirt and tie or whatever, but it should. You should. Act like this is something that's important to you, right? Going to church is important to me, so I'm going to act like it. Yeah. Uh, my first one was flirting and PDA. You can kind of, I, I'm not saying like major PDA. That's just always wrong all the time. You can't get away with that um, in church. But like there's so, there's a difference between like touching hands every once in a while. And like, every once in a while you'll see a couple where they're like sitting in each other's laps. Grubby. Or like the not the hand hold, like the whole arm hold, mm-hmm. you know? Or like forehead kisses and all that. Just stop doing oh, it yeah, in church. Like, in the middle like of the come sermon, on. Like, oh, sweetie. Just uh, I don't. Uh, you're clearly not thinking about the message. Let's just <laughs> leave it at that. Yeah, we need to get it moving here. So, uh, next one. Hats. 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 Yeah. Unless you're a lady wearing like a dress hat. Mm. Technically okay. I already did. Oh, that's okay. I didn't realize we were going around. Yeah. Um, a third one. Hmm. I a big thing is. Eating food in church. Um, ah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people really just do not like that. Mostly because like some people eat loud, they chew, they oh, eat yeah, that's their fair. food, and or that's just like a distraction. So. Yeah. That too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I feel like you can eat before or after church. It doesn't yeah. necessarily be it. It could be a distraction to other people. And yeah. I've always felt like I have to, to finish my coffee before I walk in. You know, See, like I you like drinking coffee in church, but I also okay. drink coffee every morning while I'm reading my Bible. So in my brain, I think there's a connection. Correlation. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, my, <laughs> I was getting up and walking out. And then my last one was like picking your nose, trimming your nails, like all that kind of like hygiene <laughs> stuff. Yeah. It's like, come on. I, have you, I don't know if say, as a pastor's kid, I've been underneath the pews a few times, you know, and, uh, dude, the things you will find underneath church pews make you wonder about church people, man. Oh my goodness. Like stop picking your nose and wiping mm-hmm. it. Stop picking your fingernails. You know, whatever it is, <clears throat> like there's all kinds. It could go into all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, like taking your shoes off, all these etiquette things. If you wouldn't do it, like on a date, don't do it in church. And if you would th- do those things on a date, <coughs> stop. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll probably go on more dates if you don't. So, all right, my number one that I got on my list was uh, settling voters meeting disputes via wrestling match, the only God given sport. Oh, uh, yeah. That it's is in the Bible. Very true. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wait. God what? Sport. Oh, I thought you meant like wow. settling disputes by wrestling. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's what I mean. Where in the do. Old Testament does it say you should Carson settle wants to do that? Well, I mean, it doesn't wins. say that. <laughs> Carson's about to rule his church with an iron fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carson's like, oh yeah, all right, let's wrestle. <laughs> this is what I've been lifting. Let's <laughs> wrestle real quick. See, you could probably do it though. You could probably do it. You probably yeah. could. You could probably get away with it. Yeah. yeah I mean, in, I mean, maybe over in some other in our culture, it's not acceptable. Maybe over in some other culture somewhere around the world, it's like boxing ring in the white house that's true but not to settle disputes (laughs) hey we don't know that hey yeah i suppose maybe maybe i don't know yeah all right uh we all have to get to class so we've got about five minutes to spend on our reading for this week so i feel a little bad about that that's okay we were talking about good stuff Mm -hmm. uh the reading from the litany this week comes from ephesians chapter three um we said third 14 13 to 20 
I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that His love that and to know His, sorry, and to know this love that surpass, surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all, than oh my gosh. This is such beautiful writing, and I can't read it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That'll get you fired up. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? I think I love verse uh, 18 here. Um talks about may have... Uh, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. I think this really points on and highlights um, community and how strong community is. Like God has given you people in your life to strengthen your faith. And I think as soon as you come to the point how strong that is, um, God will be able to do so much more. We can't even like lessen God lower than what he's capable of like more than we can ever imagine like it said like i think the more we trust and we fully trust together with other people around us the more we're going to see like how amazing god really is yeah absolutely i'm i'm looking at verse 20 and Mm -hmm. it says now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us like he can do more than anything we can imagine and his power is in us yeah. and it's working in Talk us like literally empowering like it's mm. yeah, yeah that's just the coolest thing yeah yeah ah, that's really convicting and also super inspiring at the same time because there's a whole bunch of things where i'm like you know if the lord decides or you know you kind of say those like wimpy prayers instead of just going to the lord and saying hey lord i love you i want to serve you and i i would love for this to be like let this happen it's more like oh, you know lord if you get it's like no he can do what like, it's not it's not a power issue it's not an authority issue he's got the capability go boldly ask the way he says mm-hmm. and uh, he also <laughs> promises you know that his work, his power is at work in us, and we can do measure Or sorry, he is able to do immeasurably more than we could even imagine. Uh, and so we get in these like, uh, was was it uh, the mindset? Uh, you know what I'm talking about the fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. We get in this fixed mindset where we just are the way we are, and things are the way that they are. And he that's that that flies in the face of scripture. It flies in the face mm-hmm. of what we've been created to be. One one quick thing I want to add to that. I, we were talking about the sixth commandment before and like all these temptations that come into our life. I think so many times people try to put them temptations on themselves saying, I can do this. I can do this. I'll read the Bible more. I'll get stronger in my faith. Mm, I can faith do this. Faith harder. Right. But yeah. like we see here, just give it to God. Like now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask him. If we just give it to God, continually just put it in God's hands and just trust that he has the strength to do it. Not you on your own at all whatsoever, but he has the strength to do yeah. it in you. He's empowering you. He's Talk about you. pride. Yeah. <laughs> right? Don't worry, God. Step out of the way. I'll take care of this one. See? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. And actually, I was, I've was i been researching for a paper on creation, my, my uh, uh, symbolics papers oh, really? on creation. And so um, 
the uh, like just reading through all these different ideas about like whether or not it was really 24 hour days and all that stuff. I feel, Oh, I've got it pulled up right now. My last line of the paper is, um, there are many who would call themselves by believing Christians and cling to the Orthodox or true Christian theology, but would deny the literal interpretation of the Genesis account, citing its apparent contradiction to science. However, to remove the miraculous from the scriptures, the story of salvation handed down to us would be to strip the father of his power and place the son back into the tomb. We will do no such thing, and so we stand in awe at the power of God and receive his word as true. I mean, anytime you take the miraculous out of this, anytime you limit the power of God, who can do immeasurably more than we can even imagine. Like, we can imagine somebody coming back from the dead. He can do far more than that, right? right. To, to strip God of his power is just to do a disservice to myself. So, exactly. awesome. Love Gus, that. you got anything you want to throw in there? I really don't. All right. You guys kind of hit all the stuff. Thanks for being on the show, gentlemen. Thank you Appreciate you both. You guys did a great job. Yeah, thank you. All right. Go be the man God created you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms and consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.